From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Friday, July the 20th, as baseball comes back and we get ready for the Subway Series Part 2. Really the last time the Mets will see a uh, full house uh, at home, or in New York at least, uh, this year. Uh, they might catch one on the road. They may have some games as a spoiler, but these will be the last times. That, these la- three times will be the last times they see some uh, big, enthusiastic crowds. Probably for a long time, they are headed into baseball oblivion, and there'll be plenty of changes and guys leaving. And the Yankees will uh, obviously get ready to set sail and see if they can chase down a Boston Red Sox team that played a, a brilliant first half and almost played 700 baseball, which leads by uh, three games in the loss column. Four and a half overall as we get ready to play what is the last couple of months. We're not near the uh, halfway point. I mean, the Red Sox have played 98 games as an example. The Yankees have played 95. So uh, they've played a lot of baseball. But we have all of uh, August, all of uh, September still to play. There's a lot of time left to play some baseball. We are in the pennant race part of the season. Obviously, there's a lot of auditioning going on. There is a thought that, you know, especially Syndergaard maybe auditioning, I still think it is very difficult for these teams to make a trade. I also think it's uh, the Mets are really, on a couple of levels, diametrically opposed to breaking their team down as far as their big two is concerned. Uh, The biggest reason why is they, they, well, two. One, they want to go searching for a GM in the offseason, and they might want to have him do it if they were going to make a move in that direction. Secondly, they as we've talked about, do not feel like they are in a position to break down completely because of the fact that they think the best way for them to go is to bring back their guys who they can't get rid of, like Cespedes and Bruce and Frazier and those guys, throw in Conforto, sprinkle in a couple of kids, sprinkle in a couple of free agents, build a bullpen, and then put their pitching on the mound and try and take another run at it. That's really what they think is the most logical thing for them to do uh, because even if they do get their pitches sent away for five or six kids. They still have Cespedes and Bruce and Frazier who they cannot do unload. They can't get rid of them. There's no way to get rid of them. Cespedes will be back tonight. Hey, you might get the good Cespedes. If you do, he'll make a difference in the game. He does because he can break up a ball game. But, you know, overall, it's not going to make any difference at all. Uh, the Yankees uh, get some of their guys back here. Not, not all of them yet. We'll get into that. We'll have Aaron Boone uh, later on. We'll have Aaron Boone on the Yankees. Well, who else would you rather have than Aaron at uh, 5 o'clock? We'll have Keith Hernandez on the Mets. He will join us at 4. We'll check in with Eddie. We'll check in with, uh, you know, maybe a couple of the folks we'll see as we go through the day. Uh, there's a little NFL news. This is going to be a baseball day, but there's a little NFL news because the NFL has again showed you what I have stated all along, and that is that the anthem thing was a joke. The decision they came up with was a complete farce. And when when... The players association said, wait a second, this isn't fair. We didn't get a say in this, and they're going to sue for that. What happened is you had a team like the Jets come out and say, we're not even going to deal with this. We're not even going to find anybody. We're not even going to do anything. Now you have Miami come out and really just look for a clarification more than that, but it came out like they were taking a hard stance, which they really weren't taking as hard a stance as more looking for a clarification. But now baseball goes to a standstill. I mean, uh, football goes to a standstill now and says, We'll just, we'll just kind of table the whole thing. So, in essence, they have made no changes in this regard. They still are in the same position and in the same mess as they get ready to open training camps next week and will be at Giant Camp next Friday. So, they are in the same position nowhere when it comes to resolving this situation that has haunted them 
uh, ever since the first time it happened. Absolutely haunted them. But that's for the NFL to sort out. This is more going to be a baseball day as the Yankees and the Mets come back and jump into action together uh, in the Subway Series. Uh, And you know what? It doesn't get old. This is going to test it a little bit because you have one team that has been nothing short of inept and another team that has had a terrific season, although someone in their division has been better. Uh, And they couldn't come at this from more different perspectives and more different positions in the standings. Uh, They get a little healthier here, so we'll see what happens. The Mets are obviously motivated. The Mets actually have the better of the matchups with them on the mound because of the, at least the starting pitching, because of uh, the fact they have both uh, DeGrom and Syndergaard in the series. The Yankees have passed on Severino. So what that means is at least the Mets have a chance to be competitive. Matt's in the middle. So we'll see what happens. You have today, this evening, tomorrow afternoon, and then Sunday night. Remember, the Fan Fest is before that. Uh, so we will see everybody out there, and it's a, it's a good time because the fan fest is in a good place from the standpoint of, hey, often you're going to get to the game early. Now you have a reason to get to the game early. Gives you something to do. Gives you somewhere to go for a couple hours and kill some time so you don't have to worry about the traffic and sit in traffic for hours and hours if you go at the wrong time. So you can get there at 3 o'clock. You're going to have the shows on the air. You're going to have uh, all the players showing up that we mentioned. We'll tell you who's coming and who's not later on. Uh, so they got all the different things, interactive stuff and batting cages and food and games and all that stuff. So you can go to the Fan Fest at McCoon Dance Park, then go across the street once we uh, you know, turn it over to the pregame, go across the street and get ready for some baseball as uh, the Yankees and the Mets will meet with the Grom on the mound Sunday night against Tanaka in the uh, Sunday night finale of the uh, Subway Series. So that's where we are on a uh, Friday afternoon. It's been a nice week of weather. It doesn't sound like tomorrow and Sunday are going to be great. Not talking washout. Sounds like maybe a little rain here and there. So we'll see what happens. As far as the British Open, Tiger and Phil are both even par. uh, But right now, that puts you a ways out of it. And you have plenty of players. We'll run that down. But plenty of guys, plenty of uh, golfers sitting right there. And some big-name guys, uh, very, very close, knocking on the door. You got Zach Johnson, uh, who's using the ability to, because he's not a long hitter, the ability of running the ball down the fairway gives him a chance to be more competitive. You got Kevin Kisner. You got Fleetwood, who almost won the U.S. Open and has been playing sensational golf. He's a very dangerous player there. Tommy Fleetwood's a, really a terrific ball striker, and he's right there at five under par. You have uh, Finnell, who's a big hitter. You have uh, Kuchar, who's always close, never wins. You have Rory at four under. He, had, he got the five under at one point, played through the rain this morning, is at four under. He's had more rounds in the 60s at the British Open in recent years than anybody. The problem is he blows up usually one round. Does he blow up in this tournament? We'll see. He's 69-69 the first two days. Very steady. He's capable of going low. He's capable of running away with the tournament. The guy you want to watch tomorrow is McElroy because McElroy has one of those rounds. He can run away with the tournament tomorrow. Uh, you got Ricky Fowler close. Usually that he doesn't find it there. Spieth has made a comeback after a 72 yesterday. He shot a 67 today. So he's three under and knocking on the door. So you got a, a very good leaderboard. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys under par. Some very good guys there. You have Spieth and you have Fowler and you have McElroy. 
uh, right there. Uh, and Fleetwood, who's a very dangerous player, as we said, uh, the Phils shot a 69 to jump back in and get even. Tiger's giving you back-to-back 71s, and he's uh, also even par. They could even be, uh, I didn't see how they finished. It depends where they finished and when they entered the clubhouse, whether or not they would be together tomorrow. But you have a chance that they could be because they're obviously both even par, not in the tournament. You know, you're not in a tournament if you're six strokes off the lead. I mean, that's for sure. But they're going to have to make a big big move on moving day tomorrow. Uh, and they obviously could even be playing together or in close proximity. We'll see when they set the tee times and the uh, matchups for tomorrow. We'll see when everybody's off the course. But uh, Kisner led yesterday. He's right there. Zach Johnson right there. Fleetwood and Finnau and Kucher and McElroy and Fowler and uh, Spieth. Everybody right there. So a very competitive British Open uh, to also add to this sporting weekend, and we'll get everything rolling right after this.